Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Now, listen, they want me to say hello, welcome to the James Well Best Bits of Tonight's Show, which you can hear every night, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio from 7 till 10. But I said, wouldn't it be best to call it the worst of whale? So have a listen. See what you think. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. So uh, we're about to begin negotiations on a free trade agreement, which will be great. Absolutely great. Um, But uh, some people want to try and delay our exit from Europe. What do you think about that? Uh, well, no, let's get on with it. Let's do these deals, man. That's what well, we, that's what we got friend, out of Europe for. Our very good friend Femi from uh, Our Future, Our Choice, joins us this evening. Uh, Femi, good evening to you. Uh, so, what do you think about this? I mean, you're one of the you were one of the leading lights to uh, keep us in the European Union. Uh, you did do everything you you could to keep us there. Didn't quite work. What do you think about this latest? Uh, uh, wish by some people to extend our time before we leave? Um, I think that's the smart thing to do. I mean, we clearly have other stuff going on right now, and they haven't exactly devoted the full energy to negotiating this deal. Let's not forget that it took us three and a half years to negotiate a trade deal that only lasted these 12 months until December, and now we're supposed to negotiate something permanent between now and October 31st this year. Logic mm-hmm. says that we're not going to get that done. Not on top of that, the sort of zero-tariff deal that we originally planned to get, the EU said, well, no, it's actually in the deal that we signed, the Brexit deal. That would have to come with rules to make sure there's no unfair competition, and the UK is refusing to abide by any sort of such rule, which means we're going to end up with a no deal. So, Well, I think, I think what the EU wanted was to have as much uh, access to our fishing as they have now, and I think that was one of the main... Yeah. Not the main, but one of the main reasons that uh, people voted to leave the European Union. Well, one of the reasons um, that places like Grimsby, um, one of the biggest employers there in the fish industry, actually Mm. asked for an exemption for Grimsby after Brexit, after the referendum in 2016, is because half of all the fish that are caught by UK fishing boats are sold to the EU. And right now they're sold tariff-free, zero quotas or anything like that, no restrictions. If there's a no-deal Brexit... Under international law, WTO rules, the EU has to put tariffs on every single one of those fish. So that should be massively damaging for the fishing industry in the UK to, quote, take back control. But if we have a free trade deal, they no. wouldn't have to do that, would they? If we have a free trade deal, then um, then we wouldn't have to, no, they wouldn't have to put tariffs on, on it. They, yeah, we'd have well, a... That's all, that, that's all we're asking, uh, you know, a free trade deal with everything, as we've had before. 
It's just the rules and regulations that they like to imp- um, in, uh, insist on, on most things. We Steady dog, steady. Uh, we wouldn't... Um, yeah, but they don't we, do it with other countries, our free trade deals. They go, oh, you've got to take our laws, or you've got to, you know, we want some of your... Free. They don't do that with anyone else. No, no. Well, that's, that's the thing. If you look at uh, any other country that's not in the EU but is in Europe, i.e. close to... Um, close to the EU and therefore more of a comp- competitor. You look at Norway, Liechtenstein, Switzerland, Turkey, they're all bound to principles of the EU. Norway's in the single market. Switzerland is practically in the customs union. Turkey is in the customs union. Um, if you're close to, you're, you're, you're a bigger threat, you're a bigger com- competitor. And in all of those, there are shared rules. So if the EU were to have a, a, a free trade deal with us with zero tariffs, if UK businesses didn't have to follow the same rules of the EU, UK businesses would be at a competitive advantage over EU businesses. It would actually be not in their interest to allow that to happen unless we had rules attached. That's well, most of right now. Yeah, most of the rules and regulations are around standards, and as far as I can see, most of the standards that the EU impose, we do better than. Uh, no, that's not that's not the case. There are there are several areas where we do do better than that. Than them, but that's because one of the basic principles of the EU is that they set common standards, common minimum standards for all EU countries to follow. The, the countries could just have to stay above that. So yes, there are many areas where we are above it, but there are some areas where we're pretty much on the line. And especially as Boris Johnson has specifically said that he wants to be able to, um, he doesn't want to be forced to match the EU standards mm. on the environment and social affairs. There is The EU is very concerned that if they did uh, give us give us a zero tariff deal. We would be undercutting their own businesses. Femi, good to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Femi Olwali, who is uh, from or the organizer of our future, our choice. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Now we're going to talk a little bit about coronavirus because uh, apparently a new life-saving drug uh, has proved to be pretty pretty good. It's called. Uh, Dexamethasone, is that right? Dexamethasone, dexamethasone, dexamethasone. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Doctor Elisabetta Grappelli has uh, joined us now. She's a virologist or virologist and a lecturer in global health at St George's University in London. Uh, Doctor, good evening. Welcome. Good evening, James. Thank you very much. But this one has been used for quite some time for different things, hasn't it? Absolutely. And unfortunately, I am Italian, so I do struggle with lots of uh, English words. And this, the name of this drug definitely is at the top of my list. So I'll do do my best. Uh, But yes, dexamethasone is is a drug that has been uh, uh, used in the clinic for almost 60 years. And it's used for a variety of conditions like asthma or rheumatoid arthritis. But basically those conditions where there is an overdrive of the immune system is a trigger they trigger a lot of inflammation and so that inflammation needs to be brought down and this drug is able to do that and it's cheap as chips because it's been around so long but originally they thought it would be bad because it would lower immunity but once you've already got it it's a, it's a, a great benefit isn't it Absolutely. In terms of being cheap, that's a good thing about being an older drug because it means that it's out of patent. So it can be manufactured quickly and as a, genetic drug, a generic drug. 
Yeah. And um, yes, yeah, so, and of course, when it comes to uh, viral infection, there is that interplay between the virus and the host, which is us, and us, especially our immune system. And normally, yes, we do want uh, our immune system to have a nice, good response against the virus, so to battle it, to conquer it. However, sometimes when the immune system goes into an overdrive, it actually causes more damage actually to the host, to, to us. I'm just going to get a, put it this way to, to think about it in, in very, very simplistic terms. You know, I like to have a hot butt, bath and then, you know, the hotter the better. Yes, up to a point. OK, at mm. some point it's mm. going to get too hot. It's going to scorch mm. me. And that's a little bit like the immune system. So you're Strong, attacked by your own. You're attacked by your yeah. own immune system yeah. if it's too good. Yeah. Absolutely. It goes and then it generates this inflammation and lots of cell death starts occurring. And so there is more damage than actually doing good. And you get organ failure, don't you? That's how you get the organ failure. That that is uh, yes, absolutely, and this uh, obviously when it comes uh, to obviously respiratory distress, uh, especially in COVID patients, this is where the patients do require to be uh, put on oxygen or even on on ventilation. So mm. it is in very ex these uh, severe cases where this drug is having a, a nice effect. I mean, in a, in a similar way, now if if uh, if you have uh, cancer. They use a, a, something called immunotherapy, uh, which is uh, it's very very clever. But it actually gets the body to turn on its own um, own uh, bits and pieces if it, you yeah, use it yeah. too long. Yes, absolutely. And actually, uh, dexamethasone is used in some cancers because it needs a, there is the need to reduce inflammation, basically fundamentally swelling. And so in mm. this sense, in modulating the, uh, the inflammatory response is great. But there is also a much finer high tech uh, immunotherapy, which is actually that one to sort of use uh, immune um, mo molecules called antibodies actually to mark those cancer cells. So because they've been marked in a way that is recognized by our, by our mm. immune system then it's actually our immune system mopping up the marked cancer cells which is obviously is really good news mm. could you uh, could you not use that immunotherapy then on uh, coronavirus well, yes, this is uh, this is what our bodies uh, tend to do normally. But the problem with that is, is that we need to have those antibodies able to recognize the virus. And normally this happens because our immune system has seen the virus, either because we've gone through an infection or because we've been vaccinated. However, there is a third way which is already being used and is trials. And that mm. is the one of taking the plasma, so part of the blood of people who have recovered yeah. from coronavirus infection, and it contains the antibodies. And by giving this plasma to a patient, you know, we don't have to wait for those patients to have to make their own antibodies. These marker pens already are there, and therefore they should speed up. We know it works for a few viral infections, and obviously the trials are ongoing to make sure and to see if it actually works with this coronavirus as well. Uh, Dr. Elisabetta uh, Garopelli, uh, what do you think of my accent? Fantastic, yeah, it's like, it's like yeah. being in Italy. Yeah. St. George's University in London, yeah. yeah. The James Whale Show, come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Uh, right, Thunder Fever, I just sent the store, a video of the, the storm, you have a look at it. Yeah. Well, this is what hit where I live today. And uh, we had all the lights went off. The, th the, the thunder was so horrific.
The girls sat on my lap for at least an hour nearly. Were they and terrified? It went on for a, Were they scared? Yeah, it went on for a long time. Oh, gosh, at least oh. one thing. Uh, I don't have to worry about my hay fever. But oh. apparently, asthma sufferers all over the country are being warned about a condition called thunder fever. Yeah, let's talk to uh, Max Weisberg, who is an allergy specialist. Max, good evening. Good evening. Hi. I'm, I'm not actually an allergy specialist. I'm an airborne allergens expert, so it's slightly different. But, but yeah, I know about the, um, the allergens that flower, fly around in the air. That's interesting, airborne allergens. Well, I thought every time it rained, it just got rid of the pollen. Well, everyone thinks that. It's, it's a thing that's been going on for years. And when I was, when I was younger, and I, I've had hay fever all my life, I always so thought, what I. is it? What is it about... about it, yeah. I'm supposed to be better off when it rains... And yet, every time it rained, I, my, my hay fever seemed to get worse. Is and it the static I, or something? Is it to do with the static? No, it's, it's actually quite simple. What, what happens with the pollen? Pollen's obviously uh, airborne. It sort of yeah. hangs around in the air. And what happens in the, in the mornings as the, uh, the, the pollen gets released um, by the grass or the trees or whatever... Mm. whatever's producing the pollen and then as the as the ground warms up you know the sun comes out and everything warms up and of course hot air rises and so the pollen rises with the hot air and and in the yeah. in, in the morning time the pollen kind of goes around about head height and actually that's that's one of the reasons that 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 one of the tips that people say is try and try and avoid mornings if it's a high pollen day uh, and then, and then the, the 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 air takes it up higher and higher, and then it goes beyond, you know, beyond head height and goes mm. up to the atmosphere. And then um, later in the evening, as it cools down, it comes back down again. And again, that's why people say, don't don't wander around too much in the evenings either, because those are when the pollen counts are highest. So it's 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 quite an interesting thing. Now, so in in the middle of the day, say when you, when you've got most of the pollen's a bit higher up in the atmosphere. What happens when it rains is it, it brings all that pollen back down. Right, right, and right. And so that's why, that's why you can end up with, with more hay fever when it rains. And lightning, doesn't that sort of, that'll mm. make it lift it up, won't it? Won't it sort of, won't lightning sort of blow it up a bit, pollen and sort of... Uh, well, I see, it's not a lightning that makes a difference. So this thunder fever thing is, is about, um, is about the, the, the storm. So the, 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 the thunderstorm... Um, kind of whips it, whips it all up. Particularly if it comes with gusts and gales yeah. and winds, yeah. so it, so it whips it all up, um, and uh, and it it takes the um, it takes the pollen higher up into the atmosphere, and it actually takes it up into the clouds. And when it hits the clouds, that's a really moist area. And no, I, I mean, these are theories. Nobody really knows this mm. stuff. It's like <laughs> nobody really knows a lot of stuff about hay fever. We make, we make lots of suggestions because it's, it's really hard to know a lot. But anyway, what, what happens is it gets up into the clouds. And when it hits the really moist air, for some reason, the pollen particles split. Mm. And so, uh, as you can imagine, so the first thing that's happening mm. is you, you're ending up with more pollen particles. Because of the cold, it splits. Wouldn't that be why? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's, mm. the, it's the moisture actually. It's the oh. moisture that splits it. But, I didn't but, think it was moist up there, particularly in the clouds. Sort of, uh, you can't get well, more moist clouds, than a cloud. Yeah, it's, it's quite you? wet in the clouds. It's the moistest what, thing there is—a cloud. Yeah. Well, whenever well, I've driven through them in a plane, they look quite sort of dry. No, yeah, no, and no, fluffy no. and lovely. No. Well, you're you're yeah. well protected in a place. They're thousands of tons, aren't they, clouds? Yes, yeah. Thousands of tons of water. So anyway... Well, when so I... 
it, it, yeah, go on. It's all it's all that wetness that splits them. But the other thing about that is when you 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 immediately up the pollen count yeah, um, yeah. because because they've all loads of these these things are split. But in addition, those pollen particles that are split are far more. It's like a super pollen. They're more allergenic than a normal pollen particle because they can get in more nooks and crannies. Well, that's right. They're smaller, so they yeah. they can get into your lungs and and yeah. get lodged in the lungs. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then and then what what happens next is, of course, the you know the the air cools the, the and and the, all of that pollen gets gets shoved back down to the ground, mm. and that's when it hits us, and 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 we have what's been called thunder fever because it, it goes a bit mad. Mm. Listen, uh, Max, that's been fascinating talking to you, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk again. Uh, for the moment, thank you very much indeed. Thanks, uh, Max yeah. Weisberg, that's answered some questions I've been asking for a long, long time. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on talk radio. Basically said, unless you write something mad on the form, like you say your name's Harry Potter, mm. they really probably won't pick up. I feel yeah. sorry if your name is Harry Potter. Have you been taking happy pills or something? How did you know that? Are you psychic? I just get a, I get a feeling, that's all. I'm giving an interview for the World Service on radio, James. So Why bother with the BBC? I just don't understand, do you? Well, they have nice nibbles, don't they? He said nobody really needs to earn over 100,000 a year. What? That should be everybody's goal. Oh, well, I know you earn How can you survive on anything? What can you do with that? You're on the what ball. What is this rubbish? Football! Football! Uh, by the way, yeah, who's Simon? Simon is my lovely neighbour from Gloucester. Age is just a number. That's what I tell him, but he gets upset, you know what I mean? It's just a number, but some numbers are large and some numbers are small. (laughs) Now, you've heard about the green glow on the red planet? Oh, yeah, yeah, the green glow on the red planet. You haven't. No, I haven't. No, you're right. What's that all about, man? And, of course. What? And, of course. And, of course. No, it said James Whale on Talk Radio. And, of course, Uh, Ash. That was uh, the clips for today, the worst of Whale. Sorry, sorry, the best of James Whale. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed them. Well, I suppose if you didn't enjoy them, you won't be listening, will you? Anyway, I'll be back 7 o'clock until 10, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio. Have a great day. Thank you for listening.